Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our behind-the-episode look at In Good Company. I am your interviewer, Alessandra McLaughlin, the Patron Services Manager at New Conservatory Theater Center. And when I'm not the Patron Services Manager, I am also a freelance director and arts administrator, which means I get to do cool things like this. And on today's episode, we have Eric Reyes-Lou with us. Hi, Eric. Hey, how's it going, Alessandro? It's going great. I'm excited to talk to you. Eric has written for all kinds of mediums. Obviously, you guys have been listening to our podcast, so he helped write an episode for that, which we'll get into later. But he also recently was a writer on the Netflix series AJ and the Queen, which starred RuPaul. And I promise I won't ask any RuPaul questions as much as I want to. Um, But Eric is also a prolific playwright. He's been produced around the country with a slated premiere of his play, This Is Only a Test at Broken Nose Theater in Chicago. And all of his plays can be found on the fabulous website, uh, the National New Play Network's New Play Exchange, which is like the biggest mouthful of words, but is a great website. I would uh, highly suggest people check it out. It's a great way to get to Eric's work, as well as a lot of other rising artists' work. It's one of my favorites. So... All right, Eric, you have worked in television, which is fun. That's cool. How is that mirrored to doing something like this? Although this is completely audio, you know, or was it like a whole different beast? You were like, oh my God, this is not even close to similar. <laughs> um, it was a mixture. Like, so in terms of like all the logistics of being, um, and feel free to ask me to explain terms of, and terminology. Uh-huh. I'll raise my hand. <laughs> but um but it worked. We decided to do this like a television writer's room. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is that you're in a room with like a bunch of other writers trying to craft the story. And so we approach this in the same way. Um, so in terms of that, it's pretty analogous. Like we got together for a few weeks. We worked for a few hours a day, really trying to kind of break the story. And what I mean by that is kind of break open the story, but also break the story into the chunks. So we kind of knew as a collective with Ed and the other writers, we knew that we wanted to kind of have this arc over the 10 episodes, starting with like the timeline of like, you know, when we found out about the virus and when it seemed like it wasn't that serious and then kind of moving into when we went into lockdown. And then as you'll see beyond my episode, kind of we move into kind of current you know, kind of all the current stuff with the protests and George Floyd and all of that. So we wanted to take it in real time. And then we don't even know what's going to be happening um, then. So we just kind of, I think we tried to center ourselves in kind of emotionally what was going on for the characters and for ourselves. And I think that was really helpful. And then I think the way, as the audience will hear it, the way it kind of ended was sort of an end and a beginning. Mm-hmm. And sort of we have a finality to this story, but we also have sort of, you know, even and even once we're past whatever this becomes, so this pandemic and the aftermath, we're still going to sort of, you know, like the story isn't over. Yeah, it's going to still be, ha- we're still going to be, you know, it's, I've been seeing a lot of analogies for like future generations like are going to learn about this in history books. Like this is we are living history, you know, and that is kind of both exciting and scary because it's scary history. It's not like it's, you know, it, you think it made me think of like, you know, when my grandparents went through world war, my grandfather was a world war two vet, like what that must've been like to live in that moment. And my grandmother, you know, I talked to her about it all the time. 
Um, so it's sort of interesting to see, even through her eyes, like living history yet again. It's kind of it's kind of wild. It's pretty crazy. Absolutely, and I think that to try to capture, you know, try to capture the moment in the moment is such a unique opportunity. And I think we couldn't try to, we're, you know, because like you said, this will be written about. So there'll be several accounts of what this was with a year perspective, with decades, with centuries perspective. So, so all we could do is like, well, this is happening now and we'll try to capture this in the best way that we can. Cause that, cause how we feel about it now won't necessarily be, what the historical record is. Right. Exactly. It'll be probably a little bit more clinical. And, and that's what I think is so interesting about the podcast is this is a perspective podcast. What are these people going through in that moment? And I really identify with some of the characters as a theater artist myself. It's like, okay, this is actually how I've been feeling. So it's interesting to see it it, or hear it in this sort of audio play. So now that we've been talking about the pandemic, that leads me into a good question about your episode. We see this um, interaction between Bridget and Franny about her symptoms. And it seems like we're seeing, you know, her at her most paranoid. Mm -hmm. What was that about? I found that really fascinating because I am someone who is like acutely aware of everything that's going on. So I was like, oh, I, I've definitely done this. Like I've driven my boyfriend crazy by being like, I coughed today. I need to go check my temperature 10 times. So like, what was, was that sort of what that was? It was an interesting yeah, side I'm of her. Similar, similar to, I am also a bit of a hypochondriac. So, <laughs> um, so also kind of to what you were saying, um, when it first, you know, when we first got news about the, about COVID, I was like, um, I'm breathing heavy. Like, I don't know. Obviously like, you know, it's just in my, that was psychosomatic, but, um, but then, you know, I got, like I said, I go on these walks and I say, see people walking around without masks on and it's not, you know, and we tend to categorize, I think to feel, make ourselves feel better. We tend to profile certain people and go, well, it's, you know, people who aren't informed and it's people who, you know, are Trump supporters who feel like, or religious people who feel like God will save them or whatever. But I'm like, no, they're like really fit gays in my neighborhood who are like, girl, here. like, and, and that makes me angry, right? People who I'm so angry. I had a whole Facebook status about it at the start of the pandemic because it just feels very, it doesn't feel tied. And sorry to interrupt you, but it doesn't feel tied to like gay history at all. I'm like, no, you're, well, you know, I love a plague. Like, exactly. Well, I mean, that's a whole other conversation about right, that's a different podcast. But, um, but it started that with that, and I really wanted, I think we kind of, you know, and I think we do this, I think we do a pretty good job at balancing, you know, like you said, we're tracking history, we're talking about these big ideas and these big issues that feel abstract sometimes. I mean, that, and obviously they're not completely abstract because we're living through them, but sometimes it's like, you know, in writing about issues, even though this is an issue we're all living through, it's sort of like you kind of paint it with broad strokes and you kind of idealize it or you romanticize it, or you make declarative statements about what we should be doing, you know, again, with historical, you know, kind of perspective. But I think because we're living in the moment, I, you know, we really wanted to talk about what was happening, making all that personal. And I think that Bridget, I think Bridget, when we meet her is this naive kind of flighty. She just graduated from Carnegie Mellon. 
She's sort of, you know, like she's that 22 year old. I'm, you know, Carrie Bradshaw in the city. Like, right. you know, I'm doing the thing, you know, like the whole thing. And, and I think that also because I, I like to look at characters and even the people that I judge on the street and go, well, something had to have made sense for them. Like, so there, there's, there's a logic and a train of thought that goes into, I don't need to wear a mask. Um, and maybe that's fear. Maybe that's like, if I pretend it's not happening, it won't be happening. You know, like willpower, mind over matter. And I think there's a little bit of that with Bridget because at the end of episode five, we hear her, you know, on the, on a virtual call with her doctor and kind of scared, but she doesn't, t- you know, she's kind of privately admitting maybe there's something wrong. And then, so we advance that in episode six where she's having this conversation with Franny and Franny's like, um, something's up because you're always in the bathroom, you're coughing, you're, you know, like she, you're not being truthful with me, but you're also not being truthful with yourself. And it felt like that was a way to, you know, it's paranoia, but it's also, I think, I think Bridget's just afraid of like, you know, what if I have it? And it's, and she's, and she's trying to pretend that nothing's wrong, but in doing that, she's putting her roommate in harm. Exactly. And I think the other conversation that's interesting in the episode, so we have this health conversation, but now we see this moment with CJ and Lola where we talk about the thing that, you know, everyone sort of dreaded and was a dread for me and a dread for a bunch of artists, which is like furloughs happening like crazy because mm-hmm. theaters couldn't perform. You know, what it seems like we're seeing, because we've seen Lola sort of be the eccentric, my theater family is my theater family and I treat them with, you know, respect and all this. And we've seen her with her family sort of having to learn that the two things need to be in conversation, but we see her have this really vulnerable spot with CJ having to tell her that she's, that they've been furloughed. Um, And so what, you know, what was, what was that? Where did that come from? Other than obviously probably seeing friends and your own gigs sort of dry up. Um, Well, it happened with that for sure. Like I had a production, like the Chicago production got postponed a year and we were in rehearsals um, at the start of the big pandemic over Zoom because we were like, well, like like they do in the in, in, in the show, like, well, maybe it'll be a couple weeks or maybe it'll be. Well, right. I re- everyone did that. Yeah, everyone did that. So and I had that personal experience. Um, the story that we broke in the room was not that scene. We did not break that scene in the room. We had a, a, a skip. Lola seeing Skips, the, you know, um, managing director, I think he is, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's the business guy. And so we had a Skip Lola scene and we've seen a bunch, a few of those in other episodes of like the administrators were talking about what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and, and so that was, we broke that scene as a Skip Lola scene. And when I went to, so what I do is we, we, we talk about what the major beats of the story is going to be and, and what the scenes are going to be about in the room. And then what I do, and this is also from my television experiences, but I write an outline. Yeah. Like, like here I map out, I really map out what the scene, like really the arc of the scene and um, the interactions. And so in doing that, I was like, I feel like, now we've kind of talked about it in the, and kind of mirroring what we were talking about earlier. We talked about it in this theoretical, how it affects sort of the, the bottom line. Mm-hmm. But I thought if Lola, I mean, Lola has to furlough people. 
but she also has to for and, and and that's just you know kind of practical matters and that's just part of being an artistic director but she also has to furlough someone who's essentially her right hand and who's yeah. been for her emotionally support so i was like well what if that what if what if all the stuff that we have to, all the information we have to get in is in the scene between lola and cj where the stakes are all of a sudden much higher because like i have to and you see her in the beginning you know um yeah, there's the basket full of food and like, you know, like she's not she's really trying to lube up the slide. Yeah. And she doesn't want to do it. And then she also, you know, the first scene of that episode too, is she, you know, she has to furlough the cast. And so she doesn't do it there. And so you really see Lola, the personal toll that it takes on Lola. And I wanted to see the personal, I, I wanted to see that in a scene. And then we see, you know, I don't know, when we're releasing this and how much I should give away or not give away, but there's a twist and, and, and you really get to see the loyalty there and the relationship there. For sure. And I think that was really evident and it was a really interesting way to handle something that I've seen happen personally. And it was just, it was a good way to handle it. Well, unfortunately we are out of time, but it has been amazing talking to you, Eric. I really appreciate you sitting down with me and um, I look forward to listening to your episode as it gets released soon. I think we're doing this pre the listen. So this will be exciting. Uh, and for the audience listening, thank you for joining Eric and I today in this bonus episode for in good company presented by the new, by new conservatory theater center. We are San Francisco's premier nonprofit queer and allied theater. And you can learn more about us at nctcsf.org and also donate. We just had a conversation about furloughs donations at this time can really help us not only put out the digital content that you guys are listening to, but also the keep arts alive in San Francisco and keep NCTC going. And you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at new conservatory theater center. And thank you so much for sharing our time with us. And thank you for joining me today, Eric. No problem. Thanks a lot, Alexandra.